and welcome to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Weisel, and I have to tell you, I had a huge weekend this past week. And I know this episode is airing after Halloween. Happy belated Halloween. I hope everyone had so much fun and is eating so much candy. If you can't have candy, I hope you um, are enjoying it. If you can't, I hope you got a lot of toys. A lot of toys eating houses give out, like, spider rings, probably. I hope you're wearing one on every finger, and they're not itchy, even though they're so itchy. I know they are, because I've worn spider rings before. Anyway, (laughs) can you tell that I just had a handful of chocolate-covered animal crackers? They're from Japan, so I'm not sure what to call these, but they're little animal crackers, and they're shaped like animals, and they say dog or horse or duck and lion. I'm not sure what's going on, but, oh, there's one that's hen and raccoon. <gasps> well, I, that's not very appetizing. I mean, it's not made of raccoon, to be clear. It's just a little graham cracker, but weird. That's okay. Wish I, maybe I won't eat the last one because that's a bit disconcerting. <laughs> anyway, to get back on non topic, yes, I had a huge weekend this weekend. And I'm very excited about it because I really haven't had that since having a child. But Friday night, I went out to Hot Pot. I brought the baby. It was totally fine. I was very worried about bubbling broth and her, and they set us up in a way which was great. I love hot pot. It's so much fun. I ate two gigantic bowls of lotus root, my favorite vegetable. It was wonderful. Then Saturday, I went out to a Halloween brunch, addressed the baby up like a little pumpkin. It was great. Saturday night, my brother threw a party and it wasn't a Halloween party. It was a pizza party. So my brother, as I've probably mentioned here before, my brother is a surgeon. He is a transplant surgeon. He is, as I like to say, he uh, sucked up all the good genes in my family tree. He is very, very smart. And on top of being a surgeon, he just casually makes unbelievable tavern-style pizza. It's this type of pizza in Chicago that doesn't really get talked about because, yeah, deep dish pizza kind of sucks up all the air in the room. But tavern-style pizza is thin and crispy and so delicious. He makes this kind of, it must be like a cornmeal crust. It is excellent. It is so good. And he had a party where he made six different kinds. They were all flawless. It was so wonderful. And then Sunday, I went to a birthday party and I brought little Pearly. So it was just a real, a real good weekend all around. And I am recording this before Halloween, but I'm sure that Halloween will be exceptional also. Something we have to talk about before we get started on this episode is that I am also, not only did I have a huge weekend, I'm also way back into TV. And that means that I am caught up on Loki. And I will not say a thing about what happened, but if you saw it, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The end of episode four was absolutely bananas. I've been watching a lot of that. I've embarrassingly been watching a lot of Desperate Housewives. I don't know why. Someone put a meme of it on Instagram, and then all of a sudden I'm now on episode 18 of the first season. I just need to know what happens. There's like a mystery that I need to be solved just so I can have closure. But of course, I'm not just watching Loki. I'm not just watching Desperate Housewives in this year, 2023. I am also watching Behind the Attraction, which is why I'm so excited about today's episode. We are going to get into it. Uh, I do want to also add... I've heard from some people who listened to last week's episode about souvenirs and have since gone on vacation and gone traveling and have bought souvenirs. Uh, and like, according to what I said, like candy and coffee and things like that. And I'm very grateful that you have taken my advice because I've also taken my advice. And clearly the latte I made with the beans I got in Tokyo <laughs> is working because I feel awake for the first time in a year. Um, I got to tell you, whenever you see a woman roasting beans in front of your eyes, you got to give her money for those beans. It was absolutely wonderful. We are going to get into today's episode. I'm going to casually throw out this raccoon graham cracker, but stick around. We have a little bit of words from our sponsors, and then we will right back to it with Behind the Attraction. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection 
Hana Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hana quality for your most precious gift. Hana Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. big day because we are getting the inside scoop of Behind the Attraction, the second season of the Disney Plus docuseries, which drops today, the same day we're doing this episode. We always drop on Wednesdays. And I got to tell you, I love it when things just work out like that. This season has six episodes discussing the global legacy of some of your favorite attractions and beyond. And today we are discussing the docuseries that goes behind the scenes. So essentially we are all behind behind the attraction on this one. We essentially all just got a guest pass to Walt Disney Imagineering, but only our eyes and ears really passed security clearance. It's totally fine. Don't worry. Uh, It's going to work out great. And we're going to learn so much and enjoy the ride. Now, if you've listened to Very Amusing for a while, you know that we rarely do TV shows and movies and series and things like that. But when we do, it's because we love them. We do it for Muppets shows like The Muppets Mayhem. We've done it for Turning Red, one of the best movies ever made. Oh my gosh. And yes, We are doing this for Behind the Attraction second season because it's really good. It's real good, especially this go around. And it is essentially a program made specifically for us, for you, for me, for Jeff Fox, who I'm sure is now obsessed with this stuff too because he has to listen to it every week, for all of us. The show is fantastic. From the first opening scene, which is a, brace yourselves, a behind the scenes walk out onto the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Just (laughs) brain explodes. From that moment, two things are immediately clear. One, there are things even diehard fans will be shocked by in these episodes. And two, oh my gosh, this must have been so hard to pull off. This must have been impossible to do. In my experience as a reporter, I've only done two real deep behind the scenes stories. One is that I got to go to Magic Kingdom early to uh, attend a photo shoot in front of Cinderella Castle. Uh, Second one is that I did a food video series where we went inside the kitchens throughout Walt Disney World. And it required so much clearance. It required, uh, uh, there were a lot of PR people present. It was very intense. There was a lot going on. We had probably like 14 people at every setup. So to see a show like this make it on air in this forum where there is so much that is openly discussed about, it is incredible. And no one knows how how difficult that is more than I do. And here, you get to see stuff you wouldn't even believe. You get to see cast members of attractions worldwide talk about their rides, which is a very fun touch. You get to see audio animatronics from the back, okay? So you're like in Pirates of the Caribbean, and you get to see behind the audio animatronic. Like you see like like the top of their head, which is... Uh, you know, a pirate in the bottom, which is like not a pirate. It's just a machine. Like you get to see stuff. You get to actually see stuff. And maybe most exciting, you get to hear Bob Gurr say, we could make a goat, a president, and a pirate out of the same bag of parts. I mean, in your own home. Can you believe it? You get to see animatronics being built. 
get to see people wading in the water of attractions. That's fun. You get to hear stories about Shanghai Disneyland's ride that was not functioning correctly when the park first opened. It's surprising and fantastic and so much fun. And again, to emphasize, the reason I'm so jazzed about this series is because this kind of glimpse behind the scenes is rare and new. This is fascinating because Walt Disney Imagineering, or WDI, has been for so long shrouded in secrecy. I mean, (laughs) a few years ago, they celebrated having a website, okay? That's what this place operates like. But now we're here talking about a series that was given unprecedented access into WDI in conversation with two of the people who create these wonderful experiences that we enjoy year after year, decade after decade. So it is my honor to welcome Luke Mayrand, Senior Creative Executive at Walt Disney Imagineering, and Jeanette Lomboy, Executive Producer, Creative Ideation at Walt Disney Imagineering. Jeanette is actually a return guest from our earlier Aulani episode, all about their fantastic luau. I'll plop that in the show notes if you want to check that out. But truly, What a gift to have the minds behind these extraordinary experiences, not only on the pod, but also on this fantastic new show. In this interview, we do reference a few things that happen in the series, but again, it's a docuseries with episodes on food, Epcot, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Pirates, Nighttime Spectaculars, and Indiana Jones Adventure. There is so much good ground covered in season two of this show. You know these places. There's no surprises in that term. So you should have no problem keeping up if you listen first. But I do also obviously recommend the series. With that, I'll turn it over to them and take you on this little audio tour through the minds of WDI. Jeanette and Luke, welcome to Very Amusing. Thanks for having us. Hey, how you doing? Oh my gosh, thank you for being here. I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, great. We were talking about good stuff. How could you not be? Oh my gosh, all day long, especially if it comes to this series, right? It's pretty fun to talk about. It is. Uh, Behind the Attraction is so good, I think, because you've got everything from cast member-only viewpoints to... Bob Gurr showing off a tattoo in the middle of an episode. <laughs> but, you know, like most importantly, it's it's this fun yet unexpectedly candid look behind the scenes at Disney theme parks and some of our favorite attractions and other details like food. Unlike most people, a lot of your job is shrouded in secrecy until it is ultimately revealed. So what is it like as an Imagineer to participate in a show where you're able to talk freely and maybe even reveal details about a project people may have never known otherwise? Oh, I love that. I, to me, this is, you know, because, I, you know, it's not like we'd like to talk about ourselves, but, you know, the job is so much fun and so little of it we can share. And so when we get a chance to actually like just start to blab about it, you can't stop us. <laughs> and, and yes, we have to kind of hold back some details, but by and large, I think the series did a fantastic job of really getting people into it and to see, you know, the successes, but also the failures. Well, so Carly, you know that. We always say that Walt Disney Imagineers are tasked with doing the impossible, and we say that, but we should really be able to showcase what that means to make impossible things happen. And, you know, my view is like all of us, right? When we started, we were just guests in the park. When I was a little girl, I got to see and experience this amazing story that Imagineers I'd never met before were trying to tell me. Um, now that I'm an Imagineer, my mind is blown because I actually understand, you know, if you, if we, task ourselves to create these experiences that make people cry, that make people feel things, feel joy, elation, sadness, um, fear, whatever it is that we're trying to make you feel when we're in our parks, extremities of living, right? Good. Um, Then you got to believe that the stuff that went into making that happen 
is just as good, if not better. There are countless stories and you have to, to, to say, you're going to do impossible things. There's a lot of stories that go into that. And we have just as much fun. We feel the same kind of joy, the same kind of fear, the same kind of um, elation and all the things that you feel when we make these attractions. And so to be able to tell that out loud, to tell, say, you know, talk about the stories, to learn things that don't ever get, um, you know, get exposure, it's just appreciation for what it go, what goes into making these these things real to make these stories come to life. And I think it's 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 great for all of us because I was just telling Luke, I had no idea that he green screen chickens for Pirates of the Caribbean. That was like not something. I mean, Luke and I have known each other for years. I knew he was working on an attraction in Shanghai, but I had no idea. And so to to have that sense of joy to say, this is the kind of thing we do as Imagineers, there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of good stuff in that. And it's great to share it. And I think our guests appreciate seeing it. Luke, is there anything that you were surprised to learn through this show that you similarly did not know? Oh, a ton, a ton. I mean, especially the, the episode on food. That took me down a, a road I just did not expect, like the gray stuff. And like, I mean, oh my God, I, I loved hearing that, especially when they said like, you know, we are, was it like, uh, uh, we're, we're delivering, what was it like? Uh, we're delivering something through dessert, like the emotion through dessert. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, that, that whole, you know, that is a very high bar when you think like, wait, we're not just making food. We really are trying to deliver an experience, connecting you to a movie, all this stuff that happens in your brain and on your palate. That's their, that's their, you know, tool set. You know, we're working with like, you know, rides and architecture and signage and sound and everything. They work just with, you know, molecules and like taste. Amazing. Just, I was just blown away. I, I love that part. Yeah, I think it's really cool to see that they put just as much time and energy and passion into telling our stories through food as we do. And when we create attractions and experiences, right? It's, it's really, really cool to see. And to think about that it happens worldwide, right? Because, you know, the food that we offer at in Tokyo is completely different in France. I mean, it's just, it's sort of humbling to think about how all of it comes together. And so I'm really glad that the show was featuring a, a completely different component to the guest experience and just rides and attractions. It's also interesting on our end because, you know, as Disney fans, we tend to know a lot about the park, but it's kind of like an iceberg. So we hear that a ride took three years to develop, but then we go on it and it works and we don't really think about it. <laughs> but in the case of Pirates of the Caribbean at Shanghai Disneyland, uh, we learned that it's not always that way, that sometimes there are complications even up to soft law opening and things like that. Can you at all talk about how you know, again, on our end, we see that it takes years, but you're really inventing the ride system that we eventually sit inside of. And what is that process like? Because I assume sometimes it maybe doesn't come together and you can't build what you would first thought you could. There's pirates and then there's every project. So I will say that pretty much every project usually has like a three to six months, like insanity run to the finish line almost every project where everybody is, you know, all hands on deck, people flying from everywhere. When we opened Shanghai, there was literally a team of the, all the people they could marshal from around the entire globe of the Disney company who came in to help and actually get the park, you know, running and open. That's an, I'd never seen anything like that. That was so heart expanding. I mean, oh my God, to feel like you have the support of like all your you know, your, your, your uh, teammates everywhere. And in, uh, pirates and the attractions are the same at the end, like everybody comes in and it's literally three, you know, 24 hours a day where we have to like do everything from lighting to different things. And 
on some things, we have these enormous lists of things we do, all these punch lists and things we have to complete. And, and there's always something that doesn't get done. So for us, you know, for, for Jeanette and I, what we have to do is like, we're constantly, every day it's like, okay, these three things, we need to get this in today. We need this, must make it in front of the guest. And then at the bottom of the list, there might be like a couple of things you go, oh my God, I guess we're not going to get to this. And your heart breaks a little bit, you know, and you go, oh no, I really want, I really love that. Right. And, and then, but you try to pick it up maybe the next day or the day after. Right. And then it's all the March of the end. And then you open and, okay, we hope, we hope, we hope the guests like it. Yeah. And we would have never, we would never know that water was being piped out. Right. Right. And it had you, you would have really appreciated it. I mean, listen, when it comes to doing things and inventing things and pushing on the edge of innovation, right, or doing something new, of course, that's going to come with a lot of complexity. And that complexity is borne out towards the end. But you can rest assured that all Imagineers are all hands on deck when we're doing these things towards opening. And it isn't a perfect science, but we always open things that like, I, I mean, Again, I love seeing the show because I had, I mean, I'd heard about it, but to actually see it visually and what the team was going through, um, I will say it sort of makes me think about Disneyland's opening day though, right? Walt himself was the very first Imagineer. And if you think about what happened and what it took to open that park in a year and what happened on opening day, it's this legacy of knowing that we will always continue to push our boundaries. We will always continue to think about our future and create things that are new and different and exciting and fantastical and amazing and wonderful. And so with that comes sort of all the stories that come to making things impossible happen. It makes for a much better story after. But what I will say though, Carly, is sometimes when we don't, um, when like, thankfully our parks are long-term. And so if you, this is a great thing about behind the attraction, the, uh, behind the attraction is you look at the legacy of our attractions over decades and how those attractions evolved and how we've added to them. And I think that's true for everything we do. None of us ever believe that an attraction that we put in an opening day is going to remain stagnant or still, right? Walt always said it was Disneyland was a living, breathing thing, and that's 100% true. And so I think the joy in knowing that we open something, we also know that its future will come with um, future Imagineers coming in and evolving it and making it better and making it relevant and making it fresh and innovating too in the future. So it's it's sort of fun to be, for Luke and I, one point in this very, you know, long 70-year cycle of what's Walt Disney Imagineering. And then to see it play out on the show, <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad it was a mess back then, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. See, uh, the season, what, 47, we'll definitely have a different take on it. <laughs> exactly. And they'll say, oh, great. Look, Luke and Jeanette also, like, they were also feeling that stress right before opening. That's what happened. It's okay. That's what happens yep. when you push the envelope, right? <laughs> I can go like I can't believe they did this. So, but at least we we did better, right? Right, <laughs> but the next next group comes in and just improves on all that because we've got to be raising the bar all the time. Disney fans are passionate and involved, and I speak as one of them. But we are therefore kind of know-it-alls. So, why do you think this series might resonate with even the most knowledgeable of Disney fans? Well, I'm just going to come out and say I think there's well, first of all, a lot of the footage has never been seen before. Um, I think the things that we're talking about, the topics we cover are not things that are typically covered. And there are absolutely stories, factoids, and details. While you might know much of it, right, to see it threaded together in this way, it takes a very holistic view of the history of a particular attraction or a topic. That's not been done before either, right? So I think um, that aspect, in addition to not just talking to Imagineers, I love that we've included cast members. I love that we've included, um, you know, 
resources from outside. We've talked about people historically. I mean, it's just a, it's a holistic view of what it takes for our attractions to come to life and past, present, and even looking at the future, right? And that's why I think it's so appealing because while every Disney, there are Disney fans out there that know a lot of this, I don't think every Disney fan has seen every bit of this footage put together and said in this way. And then I'm sure there will be a fact or two or several that are new to them, right? And so I'm, I think it's for them in that way, right? And, and there's more, there's more, right? For many more seasons, because, you know, they, even, even what we, pre, we bring has to be edited. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, I mean, Disney fans are, and, 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 and Imagineers are not so far apart, right? I mean, we are fans just as much. I mean, we love the parks and we love going in there and we love knowing everything we can. And I think when I, when I think about what the series could do, whether it's a Disney, you know, budding fan or a young person, is not just to make them into lifetime, you know, lifelong fans of the work, but also maybe inspire some of them to become Imagineers. I mean, I would love for that to see kids look at this and go like, oh my God, that's what I want to do, right? Yeah, it is really interesting to see Tony Baxter be like, I just drove up one day. And now you can watch kind of the legacy of what his career had been and now sit at home and go, oh, I want to do that. And it's actually somewhere you know more about now. I mean, I was I was that little girl who wanted to first be a Fantasyland ride operator and became one, but then also um, very quickly in high school wanted to be the the people that made this stuff. And I didn't even know what Imagineers were at the time, which is why I'm like, I just want to do the thing where they make this thing happen, right? And, and now I'm doing it. I think it's really humbling that we actually, because I didn't have that when I was growing up. I didn't, we, 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 there was nothing on Imagineers and Walt Disney Imagineering back then. This is decades ago, right? A couple decades ago. And now that we're out there, it's like, let's inspire to Luke's point, the next generation of Imagineers who want to raise the bar, right? Carry the torch and think about how we, create our experiences worldwide, right? That That's Love that's the fun stuff, right? Yeah. Well, to pick up also on, you know, the, the passion that we have behind these things, because, <clears throat> you know, the, the these things are not hatched in like a, you know, a, a sci scientific dry lab, you know, with just by logic and, and kind of some kind of, you know, dry engineering process. The, we're storytellers. We want to take people on journey. We want to bring, you know, as much magic to it as we can. Our job is to just try and thread this story into someone's head. And to do that, it has to be in our heads. We have to, you know, the first, the first audience on a project is our fellow Imagineers. Because the first person we have to sell on an idea is I have to go to Jeanette and say, hey, Jeanette, I got this cool idea. What do you think? And then or she'll come to me or it'll come to somebody else and we have to sell it and everything. So we're kind of sort of living the ride ahead of time, you know, for many years and trying to put it together and, and just knowing that, you know, you got to dream it to do it. Right. And that's I, I, I love sharing that. If there was one place within Disney parks that either of you would want to personally go behind the scenes of your own little behind the attraction, what would it be and why? So, Carly, I mean, I uh, I was the Walt Disney Imagineering leader for Disneyland for uh, several years and I have to admit, I was I was amazed to most recently, um, submarine voyage. I got to crawl around in there and like, yeah. I mean, so so this this, this Whoa. is yeah no. So um, I I I have to think really hard because I feel like I had Disneyland the the original Waltz Park 
um, is just sort of amazing all backstage. But I think I have a rare glimpse and had that opportunity. So for me, I think if I think about Walt Disney World, there's a lot of places I haven't been to. And I would love to go to like behind the scenes and see. Um, I would love to see what their Pirates of the Caribbean looks like compared to ours, right? Like, I think it's just fascinating. And then the whole utilitor, like the corridors that run underneath the parks, for example, right? Like that we had to build that up, right? Because we we had to build it up out of like land in order for us to have a castle at the very end. I there's um I would that actually might be a good episode. I, I know we've covered it before, but you know, certainly the behind the scenes part of what goes into making all of these the even behind the park, right? Behind the park to actually make the behind the attraction possible, right? I think that would be very, very cool, cool to to see and do. But yeah, to your point, it's pretty amazing what goes into making our attractions. <laughs> I think for me, it's probably I, you know you mentioned the submarine, and that that's one that I had in mind. Uh, you know, st- surprisingly, I have never been inside the Matterhorn, and I'm curious because I keep hearing about it. So that's something. But I've been through so many things backstage in in Florida and now in, at Disneyland also that I'm constantly amazed. I mean, the one place that probably blew my mind the most was being inside of Spaceship Earth, because yeah, but knowing walking around that and knowing that this was all done like without computers really. I mean, they had computers just very basic to do the actual tessellation on the outside. But the rest is, this is a structure and it's a thing that's got so many complicated, you know, angles and slopes and things. It's almost impossible to understand. And they put it all together in that age and it's fabulous. I and mean, then it's an amazing, amazing thing. I remember walking around there with my jaw, but like hanging out, but like, I can't believe what I'm looking at here. Yeah, like, you know, it's all in there, but still it doesn't compute in your brain. Right. <laughs> oh, I have one. So, and then I actually got to do this, which is like, you know, when we, uh, we repainted Cinder, uh, sorry, Sleeping Beauty's castle a few years ago. And because we were repainting it, I was able to climb up at the top and in and around the turrets. I know. Right. And to actually have a different view of Disneyland from Sleeping Beauty's Castle, because it's not built like our other parks where you have access, right? Easy access to look out and over. It's pretty special, right? It's pretty special. So maybe if if I had to ch- make a choice for either of you, if you had one on the wish list, that that absolutely would be one. Oh, Kimmer and list. I were at the top of Sleeping Beauty Castle and we were repainting and looking at the paint, looking over Disneyland, and it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty fabulous. <laughs> Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses, and the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have 
everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. It's like, it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their ultraform bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. If you can choose to make one more episode about anything of your choice across all the parks worldwide, what would you choose? Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good choice. one. That's a really good one. That's a really, really good choice. Yeah. Then I only have to make one choice, though, because I, I, Disney's Animal Kingdom is up there for me as well, because that is so unique and nuanced and different. Yeah. I guess like, to- I'd say both because Avatar, it, but you could make two totally yeah. different episodes on that. So you I would do a whole season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I agree. That's a good one. That's a good one. I would have definitely put that top of the list. Yeah. I mean, listen, we we sort of broke it open a little bit because we said, hey, food. Well, there's all kinds of things we can talk about. We can talk about the music that we make in our parks. We could. Talk, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can talk, talk about. about the hotels, the the, oh, the cruise yeah. ships. I mean, the cruise ships are the cruise ships for horrible. sure. We have not covered. I yet. mean, that oh. is absolutely mind boggling. What what has to happen for these things to run all the time and and everything from crew, you know, down, you know, where they are and how. They, I, mean, I I did have a tour at one point. And that just blew my mind. I mean, how that happens. And it's not just how it runs. It's also how they build them. The way they are built is absolutely, you know, you you would not think of the like gluing pieces of ships like giant Lego blocks, but that's what they do. Yeah. It's it's just so nice to hear two of the people who create all of this magic also be wowed by all the other magic that people at the company create. Well, I have to say, you know, being at Imagineering, one of the things that is so magical here is this kind of like a giant campus. You know, we say sometimes that there's 140 disciplines, it might be more, 
But you know, you have essentially a university campus of all these people that make some part of the magic from engineer to, to writers, to, to dancers, to you name it, basically everyone's here and everyone is very good, right? So it's very, very inspiring. I mean, you can have conversations. We, we talk about it sometimes as being a bit of an ad hocracy, kind of like sort of, sort of happens in the hallway. And, you know, you, you see somebody like, oh, this is cool. What are you working on now? And, and you get like your brain kind of starts to froth a little bit with like, oh my God, that's a cool idea. And maybe could do this, I could do that. You bring it back into your own work and then it will influence something else that's happening. And that happens all the time. It's really, really incredible atmosphere. It must have been so nice to go back to work after everyone was working from home for so long, especially if WDI is so collaborative. Oh, 100%. It was an interesting time during the pandemic. Although I will say we were, we were still, you know, we were still in our parks and we, there were still projects that were being worked on. And so those moments that we actually had time together were really cherished, right? Because I think we were very, we still got our work done. It was amazing. We learned using tools and technology that there was a lot that we could get done, but you can't replace in-person collaboration, right? It's good technology and being remote and being able to work everywhere is absolutely a benefit. But for something like collaboration and creativity, our best meetings are sometimes we just sit in a room and one idea ends up with 10 and you never know the magic just goes, right? Like I think that's without a doubt being in person has certainly helped that. So it's kind of nice to be back in and and like thinking about all the work ahead because there's lots of it, right? Lots of stuff ahead. And so, yeah, it's great. I mean, I just I just saw Luke. I'm actually sitting in Luke's old office. I now have his office and we just saw each other at lunch. So, you know, that wouldn't happen during the pandemic, right? Exactly. And happenstance, right? So yeah, it's, it's really nice to see everyone. And to your point, because we work on projects around the world, we don't oftentimes get exposure to each other. If you're just working on one thing and only seeing the same people over and over again, there is so much to share and a lot to be learned from everything that we do worldwide. And so that that sort of secret sauce, that chemistry is present when we're on campus together and being back on campus and having all that is, it's there's no replacement for it. And, and if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with campus, but we have like these, there's like three model shops where we do constant, constantly work on like new miniature versions of future attractions and different things. And there's people kind of like working on color design here and lighting design there. And so anytime you want, you can just kind of walk through a space and like, oh my God, this is cool. And see this beautiful work that's evolving. And then of course our projects wind up in there and other people wind up coming to see it. And it's, it's really, really important to kind of foster that, that dynamic exchange all the time and, and to share the work, right? So it sounds like what we need is behind the attraction, Walt Disney Imagineering. Hey, that's Brilliant. a good pitch. <laughs> Hang out with us, Carly. You can have lunch. Let's see what happens, right? Anytime. I'm on my way. Hi, Carly. This is Michelle from New Jersey. I am visiting Disneyland Paris for the first time in December. Uh, we're going for one day. I bought a park hopper pass, and I did listen to your wonderful guide. Uh, my question is that since the food is kind of meh, and uh, I've been to Paris a few times, uh, the food is spectacular. Uh, if I plan on getting to the park at Rope Drop, like, do you think uh, the park hours in the day justify, like, staying through dinner in the park for a mediocre meal or, you know, booking it back to Paris for a luxurious meal. Uh, thanks so much. Love the podcast. 
Have a great one. Fantastic question. So yes, your instincts are correct. The food pack in Paris is exceptional and the food at the park is no comment. (laughs) But because you have a park hopper ticket and you're going to experience both parks, I really feel like you don't want a thing to get back to. Like you don't want to box out your evening schedule by running back to a reservation. You really never know when you're visiting a foreign park if you're going to spend the night chasing down a piece of merchandise in some store in the back of a land, or you want to ride pirates one more time, or there's something you missed that you really want to squeeze in. And as troublesome as the food is at Disneyland Paris, I just recommend leaving your plans open-ended. Because you'll be there all day, I do have a couple suggestions to keep you from getting as hangry as I usually am there. You should definitely, since you are leaving early, pack a sandwich the day before in your hotel mini-fridge to bring with. Or, if you're taking the train in, stop at the Pret-a-Manger within the train station at Disneyland Paris right before you enter the park and grab some stuff to snack on later. You're probably going to be there and be like, do I need two sandwiches? Get two sandwiches! (laughs) Get two sandwiches. You will want food in your bag. Additionally, pick up some granola bars when you're in the city and throw those in your bag as well, because you will get hungry again around like three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, and there's not really something that will satiate you from personal experience. So make sure you just have that so you have something to eat quickly if you are in line, if you quickly need a snack. When it comes to dinner, you have options, even though I'm making it sound like you don't. I do want you to keep your day flexible so that you have the opportunity to check out nighttime entertainment. Food is important, though. So again, Annette's Diner is my go-to place. I do believe it gets pretty busy at night, especially around park closing. But if you're on property and you need dinner, that's my jam. But if I was you, this is how I would probably spend the night. I would pack a truly a bag full of food like I was going on a five-day camping trip. And then at nighttime, I would see the show. I would do everything I wanted to do in the park, squeeze all the juice out, <laughs> essentially, of the Disneyland Paris experience. But in advance of leaving, I mean, before you leave to go on this trip to Paris, reach out to your hotel and Google around and find a couple places that are going to be open late and are in the vicinity of where you're staying. That way you have a few options for when you get back. Even if it's late, late, if somewhere has the kitchen open till 11 or midnight, you have somewhere you can go and you know you can get dinner. Um, If your hotel is a concierge, reaching out to them in advance will be super helpful. But just even a bistro nearby that you know you can eat at on the way back and it will be much better than eating a bag of Lay's potato chips for lunch, which I have done more than once. I hope that was helpful. I hope you have so much fun. And I got to tell you, I was looking at something on my phone. I was trying to look at the Disneyland Paris app on my phone and uh, accidentally all my photos from my last trip to DLP came up, including the, uh, listen, I love Disneyland Paris. I love it there. But the worst food item I've ever had in my entire life, I've talked about this before, it's macaroni. It tasted like crayons and it came up on my phone and is haunting me still in my mind. So... I will leave you with that. I will never leave you with the image of it because it was a fright. But I hope you have so much fun. Pack snacks. Trust me. Pack snacks. And you will have the best time. Have so much fun. Oh, my God. Go to Paris. Woo. Okay, bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft. Made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft. Made with Tencel. It's so breathable. 
with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hanna quality for your most precious gift. Hanna soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. That's our show! Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Jeanette and Luke for joining me on this episode of Very Amusing. You can watch Behind the Attractions starting today on Disney+. Plus. You can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts and rate and follow us on Spotify. We appreciate every rating, every review. I see the ones on Apple Podcasts and I'm very grateful for them. They're very nice. Thank you so much. It's just like, um, like sending a letter in the mail, except you don't have to get a hand cramp because I haven't written thank you notes for most of my baby gifts because it hurts. It hurts so much. My hands are not used to it. <laughs> it is painful and I need to power through. But a little podcast review, you just tippity tap it out. Real easy peasy. You can give us a call at 747churros. Send a voice note to 747churros. You can text it if you want to do that. Or you can email it to 747churros at gmail.com. But calling like kind of is the best way. I didn't ever want to give a preference. But when you call it, you're in the main inbox. So it gets seen basically immediately. I'm so grateful we've gotten so many good calls lately. A lot of really good follow-up Tokyo calls. So that Tokyo guide is going to come sooner than later because I, I'm surprised by how many how many people are going. So I really want to make sure you get all of the advice that you need and I will handle it. So thank you for all of your 7 for 7 churros calls. You can buy Very Amusing merchandise at very-amusing.com and you can follow me, Carly Wiesel, at Carly Wiesel and join the family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited indubitably by Jeff Fox. I'm like 40% sure I've used that word before. And I got to tell you, I went back in a lot of episodes and listened to the end because I don't keep track and I didn't hear it. So I'm going with it, but call me out if I've done it. I may have, I may not have. I'm not sure. My, uh, my, my, my brain is just, uh, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. There's too much sugar to be had this week. I can't focus on anything else. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hey, sweetheart, it's mom. I have to tell you, when I was there a couple weeks ago and I saw you do your intro, you do not have a recording. You are not reading off a piece of paper. I was so amazed to see you go, oh, and say the same exact thing to perfection every week. I just wanted to shout that out because I don't think people know about that, but that's really cool. Okay, let's shop. I do get the cough drops. I think that's a great purchase. I never would have thought of that. I also get the sunscreen. I think it's great because those products are really clear and natural and everybody checks for safety, and I really like that. So remember when we were in Paris and we went to this general drugstore? It was like there's one in every corner. They had the best products. We bought some, um, I think it was Nux oil, some facial oils, and they're like $60 a bottle here, and they were like $15. The price is better. The product is better. I really love buying when I'm out of the country. As far as the candy, I think that's another super idea because I know you always make little gift bags and give them out, and that is so sweet of you. I love that. But the plush characters, I don't know how you fit three in a bag with all your souvenirs. It's hard. They're so big and stuffy. I don't know how you did that. This is Disney Contact, the next thing I'm about to say. Tell me where to find the Lena Bell PJs. I'm getting them for you for the holidays. Just send me the link. You'll be very sad if they don't have them. And to end this, All I want to say is, all I heard at this podcast, very amusing, was 
My mom's my friend, and she's cool. I almost cried. My drop. Made my day. I'm so happy, honey. Great episode. I love you so, so much, and I love you so, so much, Pearl. See you next week.